Welcome to The View Ahead. This episode is brought to you by the National School Safety Center and Visdom K-12. Today we're talking to Scott Gilliam, Director of Training for the Drug Abuse Resistance Education Program, better known as DARE. Good afternoon, Scott, and we're uh, grateful you could join us. Good afternoon. I'm glad to be here. Scott, I know that uh, DARE had its origins in the early 1980s, and, and those those were my college years. Uh, I certainly can reflect back to that period of time. I'm just curious what led up to the creation of the DARE program in those days. Well, uh, Craig, it's uh, it's funny you ask that. I was one of the original DARE officers that started the program back in 1983, and uh, it was about the time that uh, Nancy Reagan was doing her say no to drugs. And Daryl Gates uh, was our chief of police at the time. And he uh, he had officers in the classroom doing a police role in government, trying to get kids uh, into the law enforcement, sort of as a introduction to law enforcement. And he just thought that it would be a good idea if we could get kids making better decisions about taking drugs. So he came up with the idea, let's get the officers in the classroom and uh, teamed up with the LA Unified School District back in 1982. And they did a bunch of uh, work on putting together a curriculum. And next thing you know, 10 of us went into the classrooms in September of 1983. And boy, it took off like a rocket shortly after that. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the Reagan administration and Nancy Reagan's program of Just Say No. Uh, I, my, my impression is, though, that DARE recognized that just saying no didn't go far enough. What, what was and, and is unique about the philosophy behind the DARE program? I think the uniqueness is getting that police officer in the classroom with kids. Uh, you know, back then in the 80s, or 70s and 80s, it was always, if you don't behave yourself, I'm going to take you to the police station or I'm going to have a cop talk to you or something like that. So there was always that threat of a police officer um, coming after you or a parent coming home and saying, you know, the, that cop, he, uh, he gave me a ticket for no reason. And so early on, it was just really a negative attitude toward law enforcement uh, for little kids. So I, I believe that the, the big thing that, that even came out of this whole thing was that if an officer goes in the classroom and talks to kids about something important like drug education, um, you've got to, you've got to, a two-hit two wonder there because uh, you're accomplishing two different things with the attitude change towards law enforcement and attitude change towards law. Uh, uh, more recently, we've had some people do some studies to find out the effect of DARE, and uh, several sheriffs have done studies and found out that with an officer in the classroom, like the DARE program, juvenile crime decreases in that community. Uh, the respect for that officer, it all changes and stuff. So there's a, there's a really good uh, organization, yeah. Yeah, I would think it it have a, a purpose of kind of uh, uh, demythologizing, you know, what the police are all about, kind of humanizing, if you will, uh, the role of the police officer by having them in the classroom interacting uh, with the kids and, and them seeing, hey, that's my job, it's what I do. Yeah, because, you know, uh, officers are always going to relate stories about what they did in, uh, you know, in the field, and kids are always anxious to hear about, you know, what, what you did as a police officer. So, yeah, it, do, it does. It demystifies it. In fact, we had a, a chief out here in Los Angeles in one of the neighboring communities 
that had all of his officers. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big police department, but all of his officers in the field go through the DARE program because they were better street cops because of it as well. So it, it, it affects both sides, both the law enforcement side and the, and the youth side um, of, of the problems out there, especially now with what we're going through. You know, I, I, people might be surprised to how, how big uh, the D.A.R.E. program is in terms of its reach. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, its, its spread across the United States, and, and I understand it's also gone international. Yeah. Um, it's, it, uh, one of the interesting things about this, Craig, is at the time we started it, Daryl Gates was our chief of police, and he was also the president of the major city chiefs organization within the International Association of Chiefs of Police. And he said to him, say, hey, why don't you try this? You know, I've got a bunch of officers out there that, that are doing a pretty good job and it seems to, be, uh, seems to be going over well. Why don't you try that? And I'm telling you, within our second year of D.A.R.E., we were training people from all over the country and it just, it just exploded. The timing was right. You know, the, 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 the information was right. There was a perfect, perfect time uh, for this to hit. And we've trained over, I'm guessing, uh, it's a good good guess, but we've probably trained over 80,000 police officers. They're not all teaching still, but in our our 30 years, we've got over 80,000 officers just in the United States that that are teaching the program uh, or have taught the program. And after that, it started going internationally, and now we're in 52 foreign countries and probably have the same number of officers that have been trained in the D.A.R.E. program as well. In fact, Craig, tomorrow I leave for the Philippines with all the issues going over in the Philippines. Not only are they trying to stop the spread of, uh, you know, the drug dealers and stuff, but they want to have something preventive as well. And so we're going to go over there in the next couple of weeks and train 72 national police officers in the D.A.R.E. program, uh, hopefully uh, to address the other side of the issue with law enforcement in the Philippines. Scott, I'm curious, is, is the, the D.A.R.E. program changed to meet uh, different cultures, you know, perspectives, or or is it is it more or less the same message that you're delivering regardless of where you go? Well, here's here's the really good thing about the Dare program, and being the director of training for Dare, one of my one of my responsibilities is to make sure the fidelity of the training is the same throughout the world, and that the delivery of the program is the same throughout the world. So to address your first question, yes, we've stayed up with. Uh, educational theory. We've stayed up with research theory. We've changed our curriculum probably every, every seven or eight years to to maintain the current the current information in our delivery. Drug problems throughout the world are the same. I've been to many many foreign countries and even foreign countries that don't speak English, and I've done trainings out there, and it's the same message. It's the same problems. The same officers say, you know, we have the same thing with our kids over here. So it's, a, it's an international problem. How we talk about um, making good decisions and stuff, that's pretty, that's pretty international as well. You, you talk about consequences. You talk about peer pressure. You talk about self-esteem. You talk about making good decisions. You talk about resisting uh, in a very assertive manner. It's the same everywhere. So our curriculum transcends the, in- the entire world, which is really makes it nice. And even when we started the D.A.R.E. program uh, in 83, we had 17 lessons. We're now down to 10 lessons. But even then, many of the same uh, lessons are there. It's how we deliver it that's gotten better. It's the research and how, how you deliver it that makes it so much better. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an international issue and an international uh, 
a way of delivering as well. How do you begin to kind of assess the the impact of, of DARE? I mean, you, you've talked about some of the statistics, uh, some of the things that you've learned over the years. Um, how do you assess ultimately the influence of a DARE program? That may be the toughest question and the toughest thing to do, Craig. Um, there's so much research out there on everything, and there's research out there that even says it's too difficult to evaluate elementary school children on the effect of the DARE program because they're so young and they don't have that reference before and after, like how was, how was, uh, how was DARE, I mean, how was your life before DARE and how was it after DARE? They don't have that. Our best reference is the officer's stories. Officers who have been in the classroom for years, every one of us have a story of somebody whose lives we touched, whose life we turned around. I just recently talking to a, a retired Harlem Globetrotter who was grew up in the toughest part of New Jersey. And his D.A.R.E. officer turned his life around. He kept him away from drugs. He would always see him on the street and uh, address him and say, you know, you don't want to do that. And this guy became very successful because of D.A.R.E. He, he even goes around the country talking about the influence of D.A.R.E. and, and how important it is to stay away from drugs. So it's, it's probably the personal stories that make us know what we're doing out there is so valuable. Now you talk about the special relationship that can exist between the police officer and the classroom and perhaps, you know, impacting the lives of, of, of students. Uh, there's obviously been a lot in the media about interaction with police officers. I'm curious, as a trainer, how have you sought to address some of those misconceptions or help your, you know, your, uh, your colleagues out there uh, deal with some of the perceptions, uh, community perceptions of policing and, and, and community relations? Well, I, uh, Craig, as you know, I, uh, I, uh, put, uh, I have an international conference every single year, and I bring in experts from all different fields to address these DARE officers and uh, uh, had some incredible presenters. This last year, <clears throat> I brought in an expert just in that field who talks about how D.A.R.E. can help the relationship between community and, and law enforcement because the relationship that that officer has. You know, our D.A.R.E. officers tend to be the heroes within their community uh, because the kids are going home every day telling them about what a great time they had with their D.A.R.E. officers, and then the parents hear about it. Uh, we even have take-home activities where our parents and kids can work together on making good decisions. So that D.A.R.E. officer, um, really becomes a hero in his community. In fact, many of them have gone from their officer to chief of police or to sheriff because of uh, the attitudes. And those sheriffs and chiefs that went through DARE, they've got a much better community because of the relationships they have with their, with their, with their kids and parents. Uh, Scott, I'm aware that, that DARE had its origins at the elementary school. The program started in elementary schools. Um, I believe you recently introduced a high school program. Tell, tell me more about that. Well, uh, Craig, we've had a high school program well, probably after the fifth or sixth year in the D.A.R.E. program. We've had a high school program. It's an old one, though, and we're just in the process of updating it and making that current as well. Uh, there, there hasn't been as large of a demand for our high school program. So um, it's kind of been one of those things that we've had on our shelves, and if an officer wants it, he can use it. The other, the other question we have is, 
Can you get into high school with so many, so many issues that the high school kids have to complete before they graduate? There's not as much time to get in there and, and talk about this. But we are, we're working on our new high school program as we speak. We've got uh, several new lessons. It's kind of exciting. We've, we're kind of going into the, um, the Internet as well, where kids are doing some self-taught pieces in between the officer's introduction and conclusion to the, to the training. So, yeah, we're working on that, and we hope to have it out maybe by the end of November. Yeah, you mentioned the internet. I, I, I imagine I, is there a is there a Dare app? Yeah, we uh, <clears throat> again. This is this is fairly new. We're trying to keep up with all technology. And uh, a year and a half ago, we started working on the Dare app, where students can actually complete the Dare program through an app online and uh, work on it at home. And uh, you know, the officer comes in and. Uh, that computer gets opened up and they can actually complete their DARE workbook and the activities that are in the program as well. So that, again, we're trying to keep up with all the latest stuff and, uh, and stay ahead of the curve. Uh, being one of the founders, Scott, and, and having the ability to kind of look backwards and, and see how far the DARE program has gone and how is how you've adapted to, you know, the changes uh, in, in our culture and our communities, I'm curious, what do you anticipate in the near future? Not not that you have a crystal ball, but as you look down the horizon and think about DARE, what's what's in the future for DARE? Well, uh, here's, here's my belief. There are some issues going around this country about police officers, and it just seems that the only thing they're, they're putting on the media nowadays is how policemen are doing the wrong thing. I got to tell you, that is such... I mean, there's so few and far between that officers are doing those mistakes. If they are mistakes, we don't even know that. It's just how the media presents it. We're finding that there's now kind of a, a, a new resurgence of the D.A.R.E. program. There's more officers getting trained again in D.A.R.E., and uh, our training is now expanding a little bit. I was just back in Mississippi last week working with their training team, and, and they've got a full um, uh, a, a full group of officers that are going through the program that have never had dare or had it years ago and are coming back to dare so i think the expansion of dare again is going to help with some of the issues that the communities are facing and how they're viewing officers in such a negative light police officers have a really really tough job i was a policeman for 20 years in los angeles it's not an easy job you have to make split second decisions that sometimes are life-changing sometimes are, are 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 deadly but cops are out there doing the best they can. And, you know, cops have fears when they're, when they're in the field as well. I mean, they, they get nervous. They get scared. And so with a, a better relationship between community and, um, and officers, I think that's going to be really one of the ways we can, we can help the situation that's going on in our, in our country right now and make it better for everybody. And certainly D.A.R.E. is a big part of, of you know, drawing those lines between community and, and policing. Yeah, in 1991, um, we had a little uh, incident with a guy by the name of Rodney King, and uh, it showed a little police brutality on video, and that was the first time that came out. I can honestly tell you that changed, that changed law enforcement across the nation, even around the world, how they deal with people, uh, they pull over and stuff. That was a major change. But during that time, and we had our little riots after that, but during that time, the um, federal government sent out a guy named Christopher who did an evaluation of the LAPD. 
it was called the Christopher Commission. And even though there were some very critical things about the use of force in that commission report, the one thing that stood out was that the DARE program, even back in 91, was recognized as one of the best community-based policing programs anywhere. And so we got a little kudos for that. And I think if, I think if a chief of police or a sheriff um, can look into the future, they may want to do something that's preventive rather than tr always trying to just you know, arrest people and trying to stop it at the back. And if we can do some preventive stuff on the front side and make kids do, uh, help kids make better decisions in every area, not just drugs, but how they, uh, how they are in public, I think we got a much better chance of resolving some of the issues we got going right now. Well, clearly DARE has, has been a force for good uh, for these past 30 years and continues to be into the future as you uh, develop your uh, your new high school program, as you move into the new technology and the social media environment. So we appreciate the opportunity to get more information on DARE. We've uh, been talking to Scott Gilliam, Director of Training for the DARE program. Thanks again, Scott. Thank you very much, and please visit our website. It's simple, dare.org, uh, if you want any further information. <laughs>